Coming up, it's our annual tradition where we wrap up both the year and the whole decade in this retrospective episode, including our top stories of the year, our top picks of the year, and our predictions for 2020. Stick around. It starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 263, recorded December 30th, 2019. The end of a decade. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this wrap, wrap, wrap up episode of Don't Panic, uh, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by a couple of guys who, gosh, it's been so long, I think they're in AARP by now. It's Colby Rabinou and Dan Miller. <laughs> We're getting there, Sean. Sure feels that way. Yep. I like your old man voice, Dan. Thank you. I've (laughs) worked on it a lot. Those acting classes are really paying off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What's uh, what's what's good, guys? What's going on? It's uh, it's almost next year. It's December 30th as we record this. So if you have anything, any of your to-do list for 2019 still out there, you're, you better get it done. Oh, yeah, man. You got any, like, last things you need to, any any last uh, tax-related transactions you need to make? Mm, true. Also, if you're going to buy, if there's anything you <clears throat> are planning on buying from Apple and you have an Apple card, you get 6% off today <sighs> and tomorrow. Crap. I'm definitely going to end up spending like $500 in the next two days. <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. AirPods, Apple Watch, new MacBook, who knows? <laughs> can we start like a charity so you can get a tax write off where it's like people get your hand me down Apple products? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's how that works, but <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some shady financial stuff, so you won't know if you don't try and then don't get caught. <laughs> right. You won't know until you do it and then get audited and either do or do not get caught. That's right. That's right. Um, yes. Wonderful. Well, it's uh, it's it's I I'm excited to uh, to to be here squeezing in between the the Christmas holiday. Any uh, uh Christmas-related tech stuff that uh, did Santa bring you anything good? Well, I tried to install those in-wall smart switches at my mom's house, and I mostly succeeded except for one, but now there are random outlets that don't work in her house, so I don't think I succeeded at all. No. Do you have those, Sean? I I have two in-wall switches that are smart Lutron switches, yep. and I know, Colby, you have some, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got more for Christmas. I haven't put them in yet, though. See, now, Colby, do you have any switches where two switches control the same thing? No. That That is where it gets complicated. Yes. That's also where it gets dangerous from the, the, the reading uh, reading things online. I did. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Internet and books told me that a lot of the, those, uh, I forget what they call them, three-way switches. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of wrong ways to do it. Just wait until you try a four-way switch. <sighs> I don't even know how that's possible. At that Damn. time, you just buy a new house. 
I think you just give up at that point. It's impossible. Yeah. I do, however, have a bank of three light switches that I have no idea what they do. Okay. As far as I tell can tell, they're not connected to anything, but they're just decorative. I don't know. I truly don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if I opened up the wall and they weren't connected to anything. <laughs> I also I haven't done it like an exhaustive survey of <laughs> like all of the outlets and all of the the lights and other appliances in my house. I just don't know. Yeah, I stopped doing wiring after I screwed up my bathroom outlet so bad I had to have an electrician fix it. So I've taken a hiatus on rewiring things mm. myself. Did he shame you? Did your electrician shame you? No, it. It was I knew what I was doing, but I also didn't label it. You know, you're supposed to label the wires and it was like a dual switch for both the fan and the light. And so there were like four cables and I didn't know what they hooked up to. So I was trying them in random combinations, hoping one would work. And I just couldn't figure it out and got frustrated. Mm. And the electrician was coming anyway. So I said, would you mind just popping into the bathroom and fixing that and charge me a lot of money for it? And he was gracious enough to do it. He was a very nice guy. Nice. Because it's his job. Um, well, that's good. The uh, the first electrical wiring I ever did was at Dan's apartment. <laughs> we only got electrocuted a little bit. That's how you know it's working. Yeah, I guess that did count as electrical wiring. We unwired something. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I got some of those, too. That was exciting. I got a, a stand mixer so I can mix things. Why? Yep. I think you should have gone with a sit down mixer personally. But <laughs> yeah, those are nice. That's, that's I'm the so lazy. <laughs> I just didn't have enough room. Yes, I'm halfway through making cookies. Ooh, what kind of cookies are you making? Chocolate chip. I put too much, too many chocolate chips in, but. Um, I think it'll be fine. Like how bad? Could I, it be yeah, right? I. Yeah. <laughs> these these cookies are too chocolatey. To <laughs> 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 the worst part of the cookie. <laughs> I need more dough. Uh, yeah. Cool. I got a vegetable spiralizer, so that's the mm. closest I got. Have you spiralized yet? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, but and I have to figure out what I'm going to spiralize. So if anyone out there has any spiralized recipes, you let me know. Now, have you sat there spiralizing a vegetable while you're petting your cat in your lap, and you're, uh, you know, you've got James Bond feet over the fire in front of you? Yes. Yeah. Except okay. except what it is is I've got James Bond's hand going through the. I'm spiralizing James Bond. That's what it is. That's how. That's. You know, oh, it's that's, the, that's it's the new laser beam to the crotch where you're just starting to spiralize him. <laughs> yep. Him and a head of cabbage. It's amazing what you can do with that technology. Uh, guys, it is December 30th. The year is almost over. The decade is almost over. If you can believe it, it was a hell of a decade uh, in our lives, in the show, in technology. Can you believe six and a half years we've been doing this? Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I can. 
Yeah, it's depressing. Um, somehow we're not famous yet. I kept reading every <laughs> single one of the like best podcasts of the decade list, and somehow we didn't make any of them, which was disappointing because we were on for more than half the decade. I'm so curious. What were the best podcasts of the decade? I, You know, the funny thing is I must have read, honestly, like five or six lists, and I very rarely saw duplicates just because there are so many shows and people have different tastes. Um, but there was a lot of disagreement. There was, I think, I think Vulture's list was the one that I most agreed with in terms of my own taste, but um, it wasn't very like tech heavy or anything like that. It was more, more sort of comedy entertainment heavy, just because that's what they cover. I mean, it is serial, was serial on the top of all of them. No, on some of them, not all of them. Yeah, but again, it's the, you know, it's the quote-unquote best. I think if you were arguing, like, the most important, I think it would be a different list. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing about these best-of lists. People don't always agree. Mm. Um, <laughs> There's that's, no canonical best-of list. No, someone should just make one list and we all agree on it. You know? That would just be the... The easy we could way have, to do it. We can have a best of best of lists. Oh, but it's like the wire cutter, but for lists of stuff we like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, necessary reference to the Wikipedia list of lists. Mm, yes, exactly. I do think there is. I've been on just via like Google searches. I've been on websites where um, it, it is best of lists managed by the community. So you can, like upvote and downvote things on best lists. And there's just like the the community agreed oh, upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are a couple of them. I can't think of any of their names. Yeah, there's like one for like different software, like alternate software things. There's one for music, um, as well. Oh come on, that's so subjective. I know, but it's the community, Dan. What am I going to tell you? Oh, they voted for it. the people voted. You do. The tyranny of democracy. We, uh, we, we played this game. If, if people haven't listened last uh, week's Up for Debate episode, we also wrapped up the decade. Um, and we played, Matt and I played a little game to see how many, really Matt played, I challenged him, to see how many of the uh, top movies of the decade and top music of the decade he could name, and he didn't know any of them. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a reflection on him or a decade that sort of passed us all by in a fractured media environment, but um, you, you would be surprised. <laughs> Top movies. Do, do you know which which artist had the what what was it? Which artist had the top number one singles in the decade? The top like Billboard one hundred number one mm. singles over those ten uh, years. The answer know. surprised me. I, I I will say up in the top, it was like uh Katy Perry Bruno Mars, uh, who else was up there? Taylor Swift. But none of these people were number one. Is it like Drake or Rihanna? It's or... Rihanna. Very good. Yeah. I was I was trying like really hard to remember like all the Spotify ads that I've been looking at in the <laughs> in the subway <laughs> the last three weeks. It works. It yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. Rihanna. I buy that. People like her. She apparently was quite popular. Yeah. Over the last decade. Good for her. That's the dream. It is the dream. Um, 
So if, if people haven't joined us on our end of the year wrap up episodes before, uh, we spend the last episode of the year recapping the past year and also predicting things for the next year. Uh, and guys, I think we should start with our top stories of the year. Uh, I don't know why we do these episodes, because I don't think any of us like the premise of having to pick these things. Somehow we've just always done it. And it's all it's going to take is one of us to say, I don't want to do it. And, but that hasn't happened yet. I think it leads to interesting discussion. I'm, I'm actually like, as much as I procrastinate every year until we're doing the show, I do enjoy the reflection that it brings. Especially this one is interesting because I'm thinking back of, about all the stuff that happened in the last 10 years. Yes. And like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, I could pick like four stories of the decade. But that's what's crazy to me. For 2019, almost my my top story was almost nothing interesting happened. Like, I just, I feel like it wasn't really, I, I struggled to point to one story that sort of, inc- I fe- you know, I was even looking back through, like, the stories we talked on every single week on the show, and it was like, nothing interesting happened in terms of the stuff mm-hmm. we like to talk about. Now, before we get into the top stories, I forgot I had this tab opened. Um, I thought it might be fun, guys. There was a great Gizmodo article, the most disappointing gadgets of the decade. Okay. I, I want to see how many of these you remembered. I'm ready. All right. 3D and curved televisions. Remember oh, curved boy. TVs? <laughs> curved TVs. I also, I own a 3D TV. And are you getting your money's worth out of that? Uh, I've like, so it came with four 3D glasses. One of them broke, so I threw it away. Then I was moving and like I was like looking at the three three D glasses and I was like, I'm never gonna use three of these at one time. So I just threw another <laughs> one away. <laughs> and like it's only a matter like the clock is ticking on the other two, because I literally have not used them since the year I got the TV. But like how, how do you even get a three D movie? Like like what service or technology broadcasts that to your screen? You know, honestly, I never watched a 3D movie. There was one game on the PS4 that was like built like the PS4 supported. Probably still supports, but at some time they supported a three 3D 3D games and you could you could play a game with these glasses on. Um, And it was like vaguely fun. It was cool for like three minutes and then you stopped noticing, I guess, is what happened. Or like uh, me, you got a headache and decided it wasn't worth it. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it is funny. You know, Avatar coming out in 2009, causing a big spike in 3D movies at the theater. And now nobody sees 3D movies at the theater. <laughs> but they're fact, still there. They are, which is really amazing. I was looking at the screening times for Star Wars because I have to watch it for the other podcast. Um, you can tell my enthusiasm. <laughs> and they were like. 20 showtimes for non-3Ds and like four for 3D of Star Wars. And I'm like, who's going to see Star Wars in 3D? It's very odd to me. Not me. I, I specifically skipped it. The whole movie or the 3D version? The 3D part. Ah. I honestly might just wait till it's on Disney Plus. I don't want I don't want to. I, I came this close to torrenting it. I didn't because that's illegal, but I almost was like, I would rather watch a grainy version with like Asian subtitles, like shot on a camcorder in China, than, go to the movie. than actually go to the physical movie theater, which is kind of sad in some respects. Um, let's start. Let's see if you remember 2012's Wii U. Wii U, Wii U. Oh, yeah. That's a terrible thing. I've never played a Wii U. 
I don't think anyone owned one, never mind played one. They must have sold four of those. I bet friend of the show Colin owned a Wii U. I know friend of the show Brian owns owned owns oh, a Wii yeah. U. That makes sense. Uh, but but with that chunky screen and that big controller, which is funny now you look at the Switch, which is kind of what it is in some ways. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I think you too could early. say it was ahead of its time, mm. but I think the games that it came out with, if I remember, weren't, weren't amazing. I don't think there were any. Is the is the problem? Yeah. Whereas whereas the Switch when it came out, it had that Zelda game that was amazing, and everyone, people who were into games, wanted to play it. And then I think it, I think the Switch has straddled that line between the Wii and the Wii U, where I know plenty of people who are like, oh, it's cheap enough, and it's also I can play it on the plane, also I can do TV stuff. It has all like the staples games that you need, Jackbox. Mario Kart, mm-hmm. a couple of those others, multiplayer ones. So people just get it as the system. So I think it all turned out well for Nintendo in the end. Yeah. My biggest regret is that I bought a bunch of those like staple games on the PS4 and mm-hmm. not on yeah. the Switch. I know. I know. Like over, overcooked. Got like overcooked sitting in my wish list. Like, do I really want to buy this again? No, but should I? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> where they yep. get you. Uh, how about 2014's Amazon Fire Phone? You remember that? When Amazon had a phone for five minutes? Oh, yeah. What about the Firefox phone? Firefox OS, Firefox yes. OS. A favorite on the show. Never forget. I got, forget. see, I got some of my, my Mozilla paraphernalia, <laughs> Firefox pen. We wrote for Firefox. Um, and then my favorite, I, I would argue the disappointing gadget of the decade. Any, 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 what am I, what am I going to pick? Any guesses? The decade. Oh, mm. uh, Snapchat spectacles. You're close. That's pretty I think good. it's more disappointing. I, I was going to say Google, Google Glass. Google Glass for me has to be because it was so hyped in the perfect manner. Right. And then just completely imploded. Yeah, yeah. I still think one of the best tech demos I've ever seen is when they skydived out of the hot air balloon oh, with the absolutely. Google. And then they were doing like BMX bike flips and stuff. Absolutely insane. Yep. And what's funny is in two years when Apple comes out with their AR glasses, we're going to think they're all geniuses. But remember, Google's <laughs> there first. Now, to flip it on its on on its head. Oops. If you had to pick your most successful or your favorite gadget of the last decade, would anyone pick something that wasn't the iPad? Yes. Okay, what would you pick? Let me think about it first. But you explain why it's the uh, you explain well, why it's the iPad. I can't think of I the iPad has had a pretty big impact on society. Lots of people have iPads, and I use mine all the time. It's my favorite way to consume any media, whether it's just a web page. Honestly, watching movies on it, I've been doing more and more as I spend less and less time here with my big TV, and it's great for that. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of like, other things, like uh, maybe different video game systems, 
the Apple Watch is cool, but that seems like the obvious choice to me. I agree with everything you said. I just don't think it's still not mainstream enough for me to argue it's the gadget of the decade. Okay. I am going to I'm going to put up I I just want to pull up the statistics before I picked it. I'm going to pick up the Amazon Echo and and the A-Lady, whose name I'm not going to say. Do you know that there are more than 100 million uh, enabled devices that have been sold? That's crazy. In in hundreds of millions of homes across the country, around the world, in all sorts of form factors and sizes and all sorts of different devices, all integrating with Smart Home and, and all of your other apps and music and all this sorts of stuff. Um, always listening, far outpacing things like Google Assistant and Siri and things like that. Um, I think it's integrated itself into the American household in a way that almost no other tech product did. That that would be my pick. That's a good pick. Now, mm-hmm. here's a here's an Alexa question. I've never had an Alexa. I've only used Siri and Google Assistant. Yep. I was very impressed with Google Assistant last week when it, it knew a lot of different synonyms for things. So you could say... <laughs> Like, and the instructions, so my mom got a Roomba, and the instructions with the Google Assistant hookup, it says, like, okay, uh, dingus, start vacuuming. And uh, my mom said, okay, dingus, run the vacuum. And it, boop, 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 it just went. And it, that seems like something, like, I hear people complaining a lot with Alexa where you have to know the exact incantation. Is that true, or are they exaggerating? It's gotten better. Uh, uh-huh. but, but I, a hundred, I've used all three pretty extensively and i will say that google is by far the better voice tech like the actual Mm -hmm. voice the recognition the responses the answers is absolutely far and away better than anyone else partly because they have the google search backend so you actually get answers unlike siri saying uh here's what i found on the web and it's you know it drives me crazy the difference between amazon and google is that amazon has more it's easier to use the setup and the back end, I believe. It, they've got better integrations with stuff. Um, they've got a better ecosystem. They've got uh, Alexa and more products. Um, to me, that's the difference. And that's why I picked all that stuff for my home instead of the Google stuff is because I just don't find Google easy to use. Yeah, that part has been a, a bit tricky, like setting up things where I want to say something and have two things turn on. Or when I say turn on the lights, I want it to only turn on a subset of the lights. That I don't think you can do that with Google because even if you set up a routine that says turn on the lights, it'll if you say turn on the lights, it's like oh, I, here are all the lights I found in this room. I'm going to turn them all on. It's well, annoying. It, it's the simple thing of there are two apps. If you want to use Google, there's the Google Home app, which manages right. all the smart devices, but you can't use voice recognition in that app. You have to download the separate Google Assistant app to right. actually use the voice recognition part, which to me is crazy. That's silly. Alexa's stuff is all built into the Alexa app. Right? I think I find that app very easy to use. Yeah. Um, and, and people, non-tech savvy people I know, I'm curious to know how... how um, your mom likes Google long term because the people I know, the the, the less tech savvy crowd, um, I know that has the Amazon stuff really likes it. So I'm curious how the um, how the Google stuff works. It works pretty well, but now that we've gotten, I think, you know, three days into having a routine where instead of saying turn on the lights, now my mom has to say, okay, home, oh, okay, turn on the home, uh, as a way of getting around <laughs> the fact that we don't want to turn all the lights on anymore. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe maybe yeah. that answer will change. Do you all have Alexas, both of you? Uh, mine's not plugged in, but yes. But you have it. Do you have any dingus plugged in, Colby? Mm, technically, there's a Google turned on on one of my Sonoses, but I don't use it, with the exception of maybe asking it for the weather once in a while. Okay. I will, Sean, not dis- I, I will not disclose how many I have because it's uh, stupid and embarrassing. Uh, you, you don't want to compromise your OPSEC. No, no. I, I also don't want to admit... If I counted just the, like, plugged-in microphones in my house, the number would be in the double digits. So I'm going to just leave that there. Fair. Um, yeah, I talk to Siri more than any other, any other speaky speakeasy um but i don't talk to siri very much i will say HomeKit is really great with siri but i haven't found many other good uses for siri other than mm. the HomeKit stuff like what else do you ask her yeah oh, HomeKit, yeah. Uh, it's so good it it is by far the fastest yes uh smart home thing 100%. I've, used, I've never used I, i've never used alexa but from Actually, I guess I have. My girlfriend has Alexa, so I guess I have used it. And it all, both Google and Alexa, they take a couple seconds. The HomeKit, it seems to happen instantly. Yep. It's so good. Yep. Yeah. I almost wish that I had a Siri, uh, Siri bubble, Siri speaker, just so I could turn off the lights. Because, mm-hmm. like, I guess I could do it off my phone. Usually my phone is around, but the watch is so slow. Siri on the watch is so oh, slow. Yeah. I don't know if that's different on the new watch, but on mine, it's really slow. I never, I almost never use it on the watch. Well, it's like I, every time I want to use it, I've, or maybe not every time, like one in three times I want to use it. My phone is not close enough. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll use my watch. But that's what's funny to me is when I would use my watch, I usually have my AirPods in and that's what I use. Mm. I do do the double tap. Yeah. I don't know if I can do that with my headphones. I would think they have the chip. Yeah, they do. Hmm. Anyhow. Colby, do you have an answer for gadget of the decade? Gadget of the decade? Yeah. Oh yeah. Not, not uh, it doesn't have to be a gadget, but I guess your your ta- I guess it does have to be a gadget. Decade. Well, like so many nice things happen. Like SSDs happened for real this decade. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how like my mom has a comp- a Mac, uh, an iMac that we got probably 2008, 2009, like that has regular spinning disk hard drives and like very occasionally I will do something on it. It is out of control how slow, how long <laughs> it takes to do anything. Like, I mean, if you think about it, the MacBook Air was introduced in 2008, second gen in 2010, which is when it really got good. Yeah, yeah. Like my this Mac Mini that I do the show from didn't come with an SSD. I like thir- like aftermarket installed one on it because it was not a. Not the default. Although I, I was telling Colby this when I saw him, which is, you know, the, the good part is that storage is starting to got, get cheap. The problem is file sizes are increasing. And I just I put <laughs> I started with a two terabyte drive in my desktop. I just had to buy another two terabyte drive because I ran out of room. 
Wow. It, it's very upsetting. <laughs> I bought it with the idea that I, it would be more space than I would ever need, and somehow it's all gone. That's that's like a, a story as old as computers themselves, Sean. I, 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 but that's what I'm saying. The files, can, <laughs> of course, you guys know I do the show in 4K, right? <laughs> 60 frame per second. You know, we got a 3D, make it look really good. Naturally. You don't don't want to miss a millisecond. Of... No. No, every, every minute is five gigabytes. So <laughs> just let's keep moving the show along here. Because you're on my hard drive. Um Let's uh let's pivot over to the uh the top story of the year here. Um and I'm going to say Colby can go first because uh, you and I kind of are along the same lines with our stories of the year, which is fine. Oh, but I will let, I will let you go first. We're going to take maybe different angles on it. Let's see. I guess I I didn't know what your story was, really. <laughs> that's that's why I love being vague in the spreadsheet. <laughs> um yeah, mine was just like the the sort of like spectacular. Well, Dan made me think of it earlier when when he mentioned WeWork, but like the spectacular like, uh, sort of like out of the blue like big unicorn tech companies, um, that had raised all this money and were gonna like change the world, and turned out like you take a second look at it and there it's actually nothing, um. And I think like we work in uh, Theranos are the two the two big ones I can think of. Theranos is probably worse, but I don't know. I don't I don't quite recall anything like that happening well, before this year. It comes to uh, whatever happened to Magic Leap. Did they ever go out of business? I know a bunch of people dumped a bunch of money into those guys, and they never released anything. Yeah, but like that's like a. I feel like that one's not weird or not that it's not weird, but like that was more normal. It wasn't like a di- it maybe it was it's a it was at a different scale. I mean, this happens every day on Kickstarter, right? Like there's some cool looking Kickstarter and Kickstarter would be a great like story of the decade. Get there's so many, so yeah. many things happen. Yeah, you're right. Um, But like, I'm you know, I'm sure that is ha- that that's like happening like. 20 times an hour on Kickstarter. Um, but it was like the scale of these where it was like, you Millions know, the next, the B. right, right. Facebook, Google, Amazon size, like they're going to be the next, like take over the world company and mm-hmm. like totally, uh, BS. I don't know. Well, we had a, I, you know, I don't think we were really paying attention at the time. Maybe Sean was, because Sean's a very worldly person or a very mm-hmm. wise, worldwise. Reads but too I, much Twitter. Yeah, yeah. The like the dot com stuff. I have to imagine that there was some sketchy. Uh, oh yeah. Companies back then. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did anything to to make the quarter, uh, and you did anything to bump up the stock price. Did we talk on the show about the SoftBank CEO? who is like now one of the primary investors in WeWork. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that we did. I definitely, yeah, we didn't get the into the, the details so of it. Oh, then you probably know more than I do Colby, but his like past with, he did this exact same thing back in the dot coms, like take companies that are, uh, you know, don't have solid business fundamentals, but maybe could like pretty mm-hmm. risky moves. And, 
try, says he's going to rehabilitate them. He try, he did this during the dot coms and failed and lost all of his money. And it's not until recently that he's had you know money to invest in companies at all, and now he's doing it all over again. Yeah. Why well, I, I like the story I heard was about like SoftBank and their. I don't know if SoftBank is a broader thing, but like they have this like investment arm and that's kind of what they've become notorious for in the last like five or 10 years is like, they kind of changed that the sort that sort of like, like unicorn investment. Cause like they started just putting like tons of money into like possibly flimsy things, like way more money than people were, were, were investing in things before. Um, and it kind of like, I don't know, like started an arms race sort of where it like, um, I don't know, like I remember they, they, whatever show it was, it was probably Planet Money. They were like interviewing like people who, who were running companies at the time that they kind of started doing this and they were like out looking for like a million dollars of investment and SoftBank would come in and offer them like a hundred million dollars. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you'd be amazed at the, I was just looking, SoftBank, I think the first time I ever heard of them was they financed when Sprint and Nextel merged way back in the day um, and ended up owning a big piece of it when the deal ended up being a disaster and they lost a bunch of money. But they owned pieces of, uh, Alibaba was where they made most of their money, but they still own 85% of Sprint, uh, Boston Dynamics, uh, Fanatics, which if you haven't heard of, um, giant online retailer for sportswear. Um, they also own 5% of Slack, which I didn't know, uh, WeWork, um, a bunch of other, those are just some of their big ones, obviously, Yahoo Japan, which is still a big thing over there, they own half mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, yeah, my, uh, my, my story of the year kind of parallels that, but what I wrote in the spreadsheet was, tech geniuses are secret dumb guys, and I think this was the year we learned that, like, the tech geniuses that were supposed to lead us into the future are secret dumb guys, like Elon Musk, um, who we all thought was brilliant, and then it turns out he just had a lot of money. I mean, I'll give him the rockets thing, but then he's like, oh, we're going to build all these these Hyperloop tunnels. He's like, on second thought, no, we're actually going to build these tunnels for cars. On second thought, we're going to build these tunnels to put Teslas in. On second thought, we can't build tunnels. Like, I don't get (laughs) it. And then he he smoked weed and then got in trouble with the SEC for it. And then he got sued for calling someone a pedophile. He's a very dumb man. Um, I also throw into that category... Uh, the WeWork guy who's the name who drove the business into the ground, but then still Adam got a, something. Yeah, got a giant parachute out of it. Um, you can throw in um, the Holmes, Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos, I think is another example where, you know, maybe she was a little more criminal than dumb. But uh, I don't know. I think I think it's just been revealed that we can't. I, I struggle to put my faith into the one person on top of a giant business who is some sort of genius supposed to lead us into the future. I, I think that's, I think that's very rare. I think of someone like, um, I had his name before the show and it's blanking me. The guy uh, who's running Microsoft these days. Sandar Pichai. There you go. Yes. Um, and the guy... Like he's he's a low key guy and he just kind of runs the business. Like it's the flashy guys who are super suspicious to me. And yeah. I don't think we should be trusting them anymore like we used to with blind faith. 
Yeah. Well, and that was I feel like that was part of the we work Theranos story is like they were like charismatic, like Elizabeth Holmes and the we work. I were like, like convincing and like charismatic people. But that was like no one ever double checked. Like no one ever like looked, looked at their, you know, looked too deeply at what they were actually saying and doing. And yeah, this is, this is what we, uh, what we got. Even Mark Zuckerberg had a tough year. So I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. if anyone is called a disruptor, uh, I'm going to think they're probably a dumb person. So that's, <laughs> they've really ruined that reputation. And if you want, you can go listen to the up for debate episode a couple weeks ago where I rant and rave about why the term entrepreneur <laughs> is very bad, which I would love to rehash, but we don't have the time. So go and listen to that. Uh, Dan, your story of the year here. My story of the year is it's tied up with like all the political stories of the year. I call it state actors. You got your all of the stuff with the the Russians and the election meddling and Facebook and then TikTok being associated with which country again? China. China. Uh, the the China Apple App Store stuff, the China NBA stuff, the Taiwanese flag in the App Store stuff, like all of those things I think are the most interesting. And I think, to toot my own horn for a second, it ties very much into my story of the year from last year, the tech activism. And I think this is, this is like a continuation of all that stuff where a corollary to all these stories is the internal uh, petitions and protests at these various companies about the actions that some of these companies have taken to uh, comply with different state actors. Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear the story of Totok? I I saw that and I thought it was TikTok, and then by the time I realized it wasn't, it was too late. <laughs> it was too late. It was too late. I already lost the story. I was like, oh crap. Uh, no, just quickly. Totok uh, was an app that became very popular in the Middle East and around the world for uh, as a chat app. Um, and it turns out it was developed by the government of the United Arab Emirates specifically to track every conversation, movement, relationship, appointment, sound, and image of those who install it on their phones. Downloaded millions of times. Hmm. Yep. It was just so fun. Yes. I mean, hey, if you don't mind, then, you know, good for you. You got a great chat app out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. God, remember when technology was fun? <laughs> we didn't have a single positive story of the year. It can still be fun sometimes. Was it, were there any good tech stories this year? Like any, anything? Anything any good tech stories this year? Yeah, like stories of the year that are you know uplifting, good things that happened, and anything. <laughs> I mean, there are funny things that happened, like Cybertruck. Cybertruck. That's, that's funny. Elon Musk is a dumb guy. Uh, yeah, Cybertruck. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that's fun. Cybertruck. <sighs> well, guys, 2019 may have been a tough year, but thank God it's over. Uh, we've got to talk about 2020. Every year we make predictions about what we think is going to happen next year. And of course, it's everyone's favorite when we recap what happened last year in terms of our predictions we do yep. track them year over year uh dan your prediction last year it says here in the sheet i did not listen to last year's episode so i don't remember the details it says switch takes over yeah that all the new games are going to come out on the switch and 
Yeah, it'll be the most popular console of the year. I think that was my prediction. Do uh, we, how, how do we vote? Do we give that a thumbs up of it happened? I give it a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. It was certainly yeah, the most I, talked I about if, game console of the year. Yeah, and if you look at the games that came out in 2019, uh, oh god, this is not the page I want. You got the the new Pokemon game. Everyone talked about the Fire Emblem game, and then you keep going and you get Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Crash Bandicoot, that that Tetris. God, the uh, the online Tetris game that everyone was super excited about, Untitled Goose Game, that was on the Switch exclusively for a while, I think. What is yeah, I, I call this a win. Colby, what did you just say? I said, what is Untitled Goose Game? Oh, my God. Was, were you not on social media for about four <laughs> weeks in, like, mid-September? Yeah, no, whenever it was. I, I don't Twitter anymore. Oh, Cole, no. You don't know what the Untitled Goose Game is. My God. What do you think it is? <laughs> yeah, just from that. Just from that. We'll tell you it's a video game. I mean, I guess it's a game. I'm imagining, like, Goat Simulator or something. <laughs> nah. Close. Close. What's the... Give me the elevator pitch. Um, You're a horrible goose, and you run around and cause mayhem. And it was and very, very ba- popular. That's basically what uh, Goat Simulator is. <laughs> there you go. I think you should get you should get Untitled Goose Game, Colby. It's a lot of fun. All right. Is there yeah, a, it looks it looks silly. Does it have a multiplayer? It should have a multiplayer. That that would be. And here's a fun fact. Let me make sure I'm getting this uh, right. Um, Sean, if it had multiplayer, it would be called Untitled Geese Game. Boom, the sequel. I love it. I love it. That's a game I would play. (laughs) Uh, Let me make sure I'm getting this right, Colby. The people who made this game also made your former favorite uh, editor, Coda. Really? They also made Firewatch. Firewatch? Oh, Firewatch. I remember. It does have a Untitled Goose game. The screenshots do look kind of Firewatchy. They're also the people making that Playdate console with a crank on the side. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, well. Wait, did yeah. we not talk about that on the show? We absolutely did not. Oh. Well, <laughs> in the... Dan just tried to squeeze in a few more 2019 stories before the year is over. <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought for sure we would have talked about this. Can't get enough. What the fuck? God damn. <laughs> a new handheld gaming system. Look at this thing. Have you seen this, Sean? I This is all new to me. Somehow I missed this one. It must like not have been a, big on Twitter. It's like a, uh, a, whatchamacallit, kind of a retro game console, but it's, it's physically created such that you would only make games that are meant for this. It's, and it's supposed to get, like, you get your games, you subscribe or maybe when you buy, I'm not sure what the business model is, but you'll just get games periodically, and they'll just show up on the thing. Yeah, it's tw- be- it, they say it's 12 brand new games, one each week for 12 weeks. Some are short, some are long, some are experimental, some traditional, all are fun, but they don't tell you what the games are before you buy it. 
and has a crank on it. It sure does. It will cost $149 and ship in early 2020. All 12 games in season one will be included. Yeah, see, okay, yeah, so there, there might be future seasons. Yeah. Anyways, these people, they make they make fun stuff. Wow. Cool. Weird. I do remember Coda back in the day. Simpler times, Dan, simpler times. <laughs> Now, uh, now, Colby, you predicted that 2019 would be the year of the completely wireless phone, borrowing yeah. an early, an early Dan prediction from years past. Spoiler alert: It wasn't too early. Yeah, too soon. Somebody should uh, scoop that up. I can't do I was, it. I, I was about to say last year. Well, you both <laughs> picked it, so it's now really up to me to. Right. I'm, I'm going to get it right at the right at the <laughs> right time. By default, I think you just can have it. I look so smart. Yeah. Um, that's all right. We'll get there someday. Uh, and my prediction for 2019, we start taking privacy seriously, which I'm going to take the W on. Because I, th- I think we had, I don't know if we succeeded, but we certainly had a lot of privacy related scandals and we certainly had a lot mm-hmm. of new uh, rules attempted to being put in place. Facebook's Supreme Court and all this kind of crazy stuff. We saw a lot more with the EU Wait, and their laws. What is Facebook's Supreme Court? There's so many stories we didn't get to this year, guys. Uh, mainly because they were boring. Um, <laughs> Boo. The, so Facebook did this big thing of like, oh, we're gonna ha- we're, we got to figure out the, all the rules and stuff. And Zuckerberg has too much power. So in November, Zuckerberg penned a blog post laying out his plan to create a Supreme Court for Facebook. Once it's fully staffed, the body will be in charge of adjudicating appeals from users whose content has been removed from the platforms. It will also make judgments on cases referred to it by the company itself. Uh, The board will be made up of independent people, um, at least 11 members and likely to be up to 40 members when fully staffed. Each board member will serve no more than nine years, divided into three-year terms. They will be part-time. Um, although the board will be served by a full-time staff to review submissions and conduct research. Huh. It's very common. I did not hear about that. Yeah. Yep, and supposedly it can even overturn Zuckerberg. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of power. It is. All 40 people. <laughs> all 40 No, I don't quite understand it, but there you go. Um... The Supreme Court thing. I did not hear about that at all. Amazing. It was it was law. It was when Facebook was putting out a bunch of the like new privacy stuff, and they did for like two months there. They were constantly pumping stuff out, which we talked about some of it. Mm. Um, guys, let's get to our 2020 prediction. Um, the two of us have picked things that will implode. So I'll let Colby go first. What What do you think is going to happen this year? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's we're going to have a uh, like like a whole America privacy legislation this year. California happened this year, so next year. I think it'll happen maybe. Very bold pr- very bold prediction. Yeah, I think it could happen. I feel like it's one of the few things that could happen. With respect to in a highly divided political co- uh, climate in an election year, yeah, because because everybody thinks Mark Zuckerberg sucks. So. That's true. That is one thing we as Americans can yeah. all agree on. He's weird, and we don't like him. <laughs> right. 
not quite sure what it is, but we just he's like. he's off putting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I like I it now. Are, are, are you optimistic about said legislation? Do you think it'll be good or you think it'll be like bad? I don't know. I think it'll probably be bad. Or maybe optimistically, it won't be as good as it should be, but. Better than nothing, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guess. All I don't right. have too much more to say about it. It's a good prediction and one that's easily provable. So <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Um, I have gone ahead this year and decided to pick on esports uh, and the fact that it's going to implode upon itself because it doesn't make any money. Now, I want to be very specific with what I mean. I'm not talking about Twitch. Twitch will still be popular. People will still stream video games. I'm talking about the multi-million dollar in a stadium broadcast on ESPN esports tournament stuff. Um, in 2019, we saw a lot of companies dumping a ton of money into getting these things started and up and running, whether it's from the promotion side, whether it's from the marketing and the advertising side, sponsors and all of that. 2020 becomes the year where they start wondering, okay, how are we What's the return on our investment here? How are we making money on this? And they're, I think they're going to learn they're not. And it will continue to, it'll never get mainstream enough to make it worth their while and all the money is going to start pulling out. And I think the, the sort of big esports is going to fold in upon itself. That That's my prediction. Seems legit. I, mean, I, I could be completely wrong. They could find it's a great investment and, and it continues, but I haven't seen any indication that it's going mainstream enough. You know, so it's sort of like a UFC, I think is maybe a good comparison where it makes money. They do fine, but they're not quite mainstream. You don't see like big, it's not UFC presented by Pepsi or sort of mainstream advertisers. It's still niche. Um, and I think esports will go there uh, and we'll start to see some money pulled out of it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I've almost never been right in my predictions on this show. So, <laughs> And this one is also very hard to prove, so it'll be fun in 2020 to figure that out. If that happened, Dan, what's uh, what's your prediction? My prediction, I think Google has crossed a Rubicon, uh, mostly internally, and and I think they're trending towards crossing one externally, where people will... They either, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but it seems like they're reaching a breaking point, and I think that they are just going to peter out because they can't hire people, or people will just stop trusting them, like the younger people did with Facebook, the app. Uh, and we're just not we're just not going to see, like, the Google of doing things with, like, Google Glass and doing fun, crazy stuff and being innovative, I think is just going to go away. We've already seen that with new the new google ceo and i think they didn't they say that they're scaling back the the alphabet projects and stuff like that yeah so i think that's just going to continue and we'll we'll go into 2020 and next year we'll look back and there'll be some new pixel phones there'll be some new chromebooks and that'll be it so so the the end of innovation at google is sort of the direction you're going at yep yeah I'll, yeah, I was about to say Google's Google downfall is very dramatic. IBM, how's that? <laughs> Google becomes IBM. I love that actually. That's a really good way to a company that markets itself a lot, and then you just think to yourself, "But what do they actually do?" Yeah, um, 
Every, uh, everyone will still use the search engine unless things go really, really poorly, but they won't have the capital, like, not money-wise, but politically, human resource-wise, yeah. culturally, to do the other stuff. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting if we ever hit the point of our... You think about the sort of couple big tech companies, your Apples, Googles, Facebooks. Is there such a thing as too big to fail? Someday we will ask that question of those companies. I don't think we're there yet. But someday we will, and I don't know what the answer is. Hmm. You know, they used to say that about IBM, and they used to say that about Ford Motor Company and other giant companies of days past. Sears Roebuck and Company was at one point the biggest retail business in the world. So true, but it, it, but it also took them a hundred years to go out of business. So these companies have a lot of runway left. <laughs> right. I mean, I, IBM hasn't gone out of business, right? No, like they're not, no, not they're at all, okay. but they're also a lot smaller than they use. General Electric is another great example, right? Once right. the biggest company in the world still exists, but as a shell of its former self. Indeed. Cool. Well, uh, before we move on to the picks of the year, guys, I got to ask, because it's really the thought in everyone's minds. 2020 is an election year. Who do you think is going to be president when we do this version of the episode next year? You want to make a prediction? This is this is one thing you can oh. really be specific about. <laughs> one name who will be president elect when we record this show next December. There's no penalty for being wrong, but I, I will try my best to... I won't remember we did this, but I will try to remember <laughs> that we did this. I'll have to write it in the sheet so I don't forget. I already have my long-standing bet that uh, people will never change a president when the economy is doing well. They, when was the last time a president lost re-election? Uh, it would be Bush Sr. lost to Clinton in 92. Yep. So Served one term. That's my prediction. But also, a president with a good economy has never run with this low of an approval rating. So you got to which outweighs the other. Yeah. All right. So Dan's got Dan's got Trump winning, yeah. predicting twenty twenty to be a great year. Colby, you wanna <laughs> you wanna take a stab? Um. Uh, Lincoln JP. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's an original Don't Panic meme. <laughs> that goes back. Oh, boy. I um, I don't know. Like, I want to feel positive and think that something will happen. I, I, to be honest, I don't know who's still in the Democratic primary. Like, I have not been following since Holy, the beginning. Gotta, I'm starting a petition to get you back on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, maybe. you're missing so much. Maybe I'm, maybe it'll be like in a surprise turn. It'll be like a battle of the billionaires, like Michael Bloomberg and uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> battle of the billionaires. <laughs> battle. Ding ding ding. It's we call it billionaire ball. <laughs> billionaire ball. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I gonna, really. You have to pick. Some, I'm gonna make you pick somebody. You you're not being let off the hook. Not this time. Can I look at the polls right All now? All right, you look at you go to the 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 polls, and uh, I will make my prediction. I I like Dan's prediction to be honest with you, uh, because I have no faith in our nation. But I'm gonna go with this is not the person I would vote for. I just want to say who's gonna win. I think we're gonna have President Joe Biden. I do. I really do. Uh, which would bum me out, but that's that is my prediction. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, Colby, go. Dan and I took really predictable um, choices. Go go with the outside candidate. Gamble here. Show us that we're for clowns. Take take a Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Buttigieg. Put yourself, put yourself in the Yang gang. Klobuchar. Yeah. Klobuchar okay. Bentham. Sweeping Iowa. <laughs> Sweeping Iowa. I'm looking at the 538 polls right now. <laughs> this is the kind of poll analysis people like. Five seconds of looking at the polls. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think... I think we're going to see it's going to be Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. They're going to be president and vice president. I, I'm not willing to pick which one of them. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. OK, because because actually there's a lot I not I could do a whole show on politics because I do find it very interesting that the sort of polls of it and all that. But um, Warren and Bernie is very interesting because they actually go after very different audiences with the same politics. So to team mm. them up. Very interesting. The question is, who's on top of that ticket? Right. Bernie's more popular. He but, is, looking at these, these polls. Warren plays better with women who are very anti-Trump. So <laughs> That's true. Anyway. All right. That was that was stupid, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> We're all going to regret making those picks next year. Yep. I'm still reminded of the uh, Up for Debate politics, the one politics episode we ever did predicting the 2016 election, and the word Trump was never said once in the entire episode. So <laughs> I still feel stupid about that. Guys, uh, it's our picks of the year uh, where we – it may be something we picked on the show, maybe not, but it's one thing that sort of represents our 2019 uh, in terms of things that we like. Uh, guys, uh, let's take a look at the – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Colby go first because I just – I really like his pick. <laughs> My pick of the year is Spindrift. I was looking back through all my picks, and only one has really stuck with me through the whole year. And it's 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 well, actually, it wasn't even my pick. It was Sean's. It pick. was. I still well, love I, me some Spindrift. Right. This was the year that I started drinking Spindrift, and I continue to drink it. Um, not like uncontrollably, but like if I go get lunch and there's Spindrift available, I purchase one. It's not. It's no longer a question. It's just. Uh, it's a good, reliable option. Yeah, yeah. That's hey, my... I I think I think in a world of insanity and madness, I think having something no that world. is that is stable and reliable, <laughs> and you know what you're getting every time you crack a can. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm down now, with that. Now, other people and I also have picks of the decade. Do, yes. Do, are we going to do that now? Or are we going to do a second pass? Um, oh, I, I don't have one, but you two can do it. Yeah, no, let's do picks of the decade as well, Colby. What do you got? Oh, okay. I think HomeKit is mine because, I mean, we talked about it before. The smart home stuff is finally. Oh, never mind. I totally have one. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, HomeKit's mine because, like, HomeKit smart home is actually usable. And that was not the case in. I don't know, six years ago when I first started trying to do smart home stuff. So, yeah, I, I would say a, a rare, maybe not as rare as it used to be, but a rare Apple service that has sort of actually worked out. Yeah. And it wasn't like before. Right. I feel like it was kind of under the radar. Like it wasn't like a headline, like, thing it was just like a thing they were doing and it existed for a long time like i only tried it the last like last year this year really honestly yeah and that to me is why talking about the future 
what's going to happen with AR kit? It's not much now, but it could be a lot later on. Right. Who needs home kit when your home is virtual? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Excellent. All right. uh, I'll go next and we'll let uh, Dan send us home. I really struggled to come up with a pick of the year this year because I really didn't like anything I picked this year, unfortunately. Uh, It was going to be my Hydro Flask mug I use at work (laughs) every day, but I'm like, that sucks. And it's almost I, as lame as spin drip. Yeah, it's not great. And then I look back, at all, I would have just repicked my past year's picks, which is the Philips Hue bulbs, the AirPods, the Wise Cam. I still love all those things. But I thought about it and I decided, I'm like, can I pick this? I bought a new car this year. Uh, my first new car in a decade, actually. Um, and I love my last car. It really did represent the 2010s uh, very well. But it, I need an upgrade, and I am a big fan of the connected car, the the sort of tech features of my car, um, whether it's CarPlay, which works extremely well, um, whether it's the sort of integrated smart stuff, I can start and lock the car remotely with an app on my phone. Um, all that kind of stuff works extremely well. It's pretty flawless. It's greatly improved my driving experience. I would argue my driving safety to some degree, um, because it's a lot easier to use than back when I was just doing Bluetooth audio uh, and a mount for the phone. Uh, and so overall, yeah, I think that that was sort of my big tech thing of the year was uh, was my car and, and the idea of the connected car. We've come a long way. Uh, my pick of the decade I'm much more proud of because I think this I actually feel pretty good about this. Uh, it's Vine. Remember Vine? Mm-hmm. Launched yeah. in 2012, shut down in 2016. Uh, way ahead of its time. First of all, uh, TikTok is just Vine. They kind of just did Vine and are very successful. And Vine was successful, so it's a good idea. And also, remember how like nice and friendly Vine was? Now, would it have, if it stuck around, would it have gotten shitty like everything else? I don't know. They picked the right time to shut down. But I just, I miss the positivity and creativity that six seconds of video gives you. Um, and I still have seen old Vines float around on the internet that are still great to this day. I miss Vine greatly. I think it was an amazing app. I think TikTok proves it was a successful idea and that Twitter, like most things they bought, Periscope, uh, drove it right into the ground. Uh, tweet deck. Uh, so, yes. So that's my pick of the decade is Vine. Nice. Dan? You, oh, go ahead, Colby. Did you know Snapchat was a, was a product of this decade? September 2011, it was released. Wow. Wow. Instagram, too. Instagram was released 2010. Wow. Wow, that's 10 years. That's crazy. Yep. My pick of the year is the Wii, the one Wemo smart outlet that I have and the three that my mom have. I've, I use it for... So I only use it for about half the year. I use it for my air conditioner and for my Christmas tree for the air conditioner. It's amazing. Cause it turned my ancient air conditioner into a smart air conditioner. And now I'm afraid to get a non, a new non smart air conditioner. If you're not uh, Dan, new air conditioners do the same thing. They do. Yeah. Okay. Mine does. Anyways, I could send you the link. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and, uh, the ones that my mom have for lights work great too. My pick of the decade is AirPods. AirPods, AirPods Pro, however you however you want your AirPods. Uh, 
They're great. They almost always work. They work about 98% of the time for me. Uh, I remember that was one of the first things that I... One of the first conversations we had was like, why doesn't Apple make Bluetooth headphones that just work and they don't have to pair, you don't have to do zero, 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 and do all this crap, and uh, they did it, and it's great. And I use, I use them every day. I probably use them more than my iPad, so maybe that would be my gadget of the decade. I, I was trying to, while you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, was there a better example of a first-gen slam dunk product from Apple? Like a first-gen product that honestly worked more than 90% of the time. And I couldn't, nothing immediately came to, uh, to mind that they hit so well the first yeah. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not the Apple Watch, not the first MacBook Air. No, none of it. And very few tech products are good in their first iteration. It usually takes mm -hmm. a couple to, mm -hmm. to get it right. Um, and I, I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I think you could even make a broader point about just wireless everything or even wireless audio, but I think it doesn't happen as quickly without the uh, success of the AirPods. So I'm yeah, with you. That's, I, that's a great pick. I wouldn't have been... If the AirPods didn't exist, I wouldn't have picked Bluetooth headphones. I hate Bluetooth headphones. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I've, I, when I, uh, when I talked to my mom on the show before, it's, it has actually changed in the same way a smartphone did. It changed how I operate my life. It's had that big of an impact in terms of how much I'm listening to and where I'm listening to. Um, it's a very consequential product. I agree. Very cool. Guys, anything else you'd like to say about this year, about 2019? Any final thoughts? Uh, we did it. Another one on the books. 2019, I don't know. I was a pretty big fan. Better than 2018, better than 2017. Yeah. Uh, so we're on an upward trajectory. I didn't care for it. It was, it was a good year for me personally, but I think in general I didn't. I didn't care for it. All right. I'm going to try and be optimistic about 2020. 2020 That's is either, good. I will say it right, my prediction right here, right now, 2020 is either going to be an amazing year or the worst year. Like, there's no <laughs> in between on 2020. Yeah. Because the yep. same way we all felt about 2016 as a year, we're going to feel about 2020. I'm hoping it's in a positive direction. Right, right. And I we won't know all, until the end. Yep. I think we are all going to be a lot more pessimistic about 2020 than we were about 2016. That's true. We know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that great note, that's the end of the show. Uh, I, you know, at the end of every episode, I thank everybody for joining us, but I think I got to doubly thank everybody for joining us um, this whole year, the entire year of, of uh of 2019, I was going to look and see how many episodes we did this year. Um, any, if you think, well, we definitely didn't do 52 weeks. We didn't do every week. Um, but if I look back to the first one was 228 and we're doing 263. So that's five, 45 episodes. That's okay. pretty good. Yeah. Pretty solid. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good many, year. Many almost almost one every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say we will promise to be more reliable uh, next year, but 
We won't. Uh, don't, yeah, I was going to say, don't make promises. In, in, including, we're already canceling half of the January episodes. Spoiler oh. alert. Oh, okay. Because Sean has to travel. So, uh, <laughs> stay with us, folks, because we are going to cover all of the big tech news. A lot of new products are coming out next year. A lot of new technology. A lot of stuff is going to happen. If you thought 2019 was great, 2020 is going to be even better. We appreciate it. All of you for joining us, both live uh, and on the recorded version. Of course, you can go to don'tpanic.io. It's our great website. All the episodes are there. Uh, if you're bored and waiting for 2020 episodes, just go listen to all the 2019 ones. Catch up. See what you missed, and that way you can follow the story. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can get in touch with us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and Don't Panic Show at gmail.com. That wraps up this episode and this year. On behalf of Colleen Dan, we appreciate you all being here, and we'll see you next year for a new episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.